Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ed, let's go to Ed Werder in Valley Ranch, Texas, where he talks about the cow. Oh, Ed's not here today. I promised you guys we'd have Ed Werder, and we don't. So I feel responsible. It's okay. Everything is fine. Ed and I are still friends. He will preview the Bucks against the Dallas Cowboys. That'll be on Monday's podcast. A little, uh, little programming change here. He'll be back, back, back on, on Monday's podcast. So I got that one wrong. That's that's on me. Didn't mean to uh, not deliver. So there goes the perfect off. podcast. <laughs> I know. It really is. Um, good thing it wasn't a, a mailbag question. I would not have gotten that 100% right, but... Uh, but we'll have Ed uh, coming up to preview the, the Cowboys game. And that'll be fun. I uh, saw him on ESPN, as usual, from uh, from Big D. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's playoff time, man. This is an exciting weekend. I'm looking forward to the games. Of course, lots of games over the weekend. And um, the Bucks play Monday night, which is their own time slot. It's a Monday night football game. Uh, ESPN will be here. The whole crew. Stephen A. Smith of uh, First Take fame, will be doing his show from the convention center in Tampa Live. I digress. But I digress. At the end of the day, that was funny, I asked. <laughs> well, I'm going to have a chance to talk to him. I'll try to get him on a podcast. I'm going to have a chance to talk to him sometime uh, in the next uh, couple days. And, and I told Steve, and Steve goes, I, go, I don't know when we're going to be able to talk to him. I'm still trying to work that out. And you go, will it be at the end of the day? At the end of the day, I digress. Um it probably will be at the end of the day, but um, that'll be fun too. Of course, he's you know, as you know, a big cowboy fan. <laughs> Wonder who he's picking in this game, with his heart or his head. I got to believe he's going Buccaneers on this one. Uh, I would think so. Yeah. Now, if it was Skip Bayless, it'd be the other way. Oh yeah, totally. I think that's where that whole thing I began. Mean, Skip, to be the Cowboys are in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, by now, I would think. A lot of talk about Dak. We'll get into him probably when we talk to Ed on Monday. But uh, interesting that uh, you could lead the league in interception and miss five games. I was just thinking, like, if this was Jameis Winston. I was going to say, did Jameis do that before? Although he didn't really miss five games. But. <laughs> he just didn't miss any. Yeah. It's the missing part, you know. But had had he played five five more games, maybe he'd have had 30 interceptions. I really don't know at the pace he was going. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Ryan Jensen and what his future is, both short-term and long-term. I wrote a story about that in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. Uh, but first, I want to address, as my friend Steve Dubin would say, you freaking people. <laughs> uh, Twitter is, uh, a, 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 as we've said before, Buck's Twitter is a, is a dangerous road. It's uh, unpaved, full of glass, and very dark. Um, and uh, I somehow I went down it accidentally and, and quickly pulled myself out of it again. And it really, you know, it, it sort of like there's a lot of disdain, um, might be the right word, perhaps uh, disappointment. I go back to discourage, Dis- disappointment um, about 
obviously Byron Leftwich, who's been probably the biggest target, right? When you score 17 and a half, 18 points a game, go from 30, he has taken a lot of the of the shrapnel from fans and, and uh Twitter heroes. Um and then also and then also the future of Todd Bowles seems to be quite in question. And we've kind of addressed this. I know I've written about the factors with Byron, which also applies to Todd. And I'll just repeat them here. And people still continue to harp on this no fire thing. Can we have we not have I not explained that, folks? We not explained that the 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 the, the, the sideline comportment is not indicative of future results, right? That if you're a yeller and a screamer and all fiery and your team wins, you're Bill Parcells. If you're a yeller, a screamer, and all fiery and your team loses, you're out of control and you're Greg Schiano and your team has no discipline. And it's the same sort of demeanor. It's just whether you win or lose. Same thing is true with the placid, you know, sort of temperament on the sideline. If you, if you win, your teams are cerebral. They're in control. Look at how in control they are. They don't make mistakes. They don't beat themselves. You're Tom Landry. You're Tony Dungy, right? And if you lose, you got no passion. Your teams have no passion. Look at him over there with his arms folded. No wonder they don't win. And that's what they're accusing Todd Bowles of. The interesting thing is that while the Bucks are 8-9, and nine, they won the NFC South. Like all of a sudden, like there's winning, but then there's not winning enough, right? You realize that if, you know, other than seeding, other than perhaps getting a better seed in the playoffs, that you can't win anything more than the division at this point, right? Like that's really all you can win. Win more games, sure. Win more games, better seed. That certainly affects your chances if you can get a first-round bye in particular. But short of getting the first-round bye, and look, we all think San Francisco is really, really good, right? They didn't, they're playing the same round the Bucks are. They're playing this weekend too. Well, let me put it this way. Would you rather be Dallas at 12-5 and five or the Bucks right. at 8-9? and nine? That's even that's smarter, yeah. Even look at that, right? So you want more wins? Okay, you're the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, but that division was good. This division stunk. Well, it may have stunk, but you got something Dallas doesn't have, and that's a home playoff game. And the funny thing is, is that it's the fans that might be going to this game that otherwise wouldn't have an opportunity. Home playoff games, man, are precious. You know, I've, I've always thought that the regular season is great, and you know. A lot of people buy tickets and travel and get you know you go through the you know eight or nine home games or whatever, but man, the postseason is for the fans. Okay, it's your team. You're the only game on that slot that night that whatever, um, and and to have a home game, it's the most fun you can have. I mean, it just as as a fan, it's like whoa, this is winter go home. This is really tense. This is. This is different. You get there and you feel the buzz and you feel regular season. Sure, there's certain games that are really exciting, but you know that win or lose, they're going to play the next weekend. You know, it's not it's not over. Well, this one's both teams. It's, you know, win or go home, babe. And so there's a lot more at stake and everything's at stake and everything is possible. And so to get a home game in prime time. It's only the 10th on the- one in Bucks history. Yeah, tenth playoff game. Forget home about playoff game. Home playoff game. Yeah, right. Not counting the Super Bowl, which was a neutral site technically, and only That's had twenty five thousand fans in the stands. That's correct. Yeah, and so I I would be excited about that. And however I got it, I don't know. I might be like, okay, well, you know, wasn't a good record, but hey, we got something that these other teams don't have. 
Now, you know, again, was the NFC South the best division in football? No. No, they weren't. They were all they all had bad records. The Bucks had the least bad record, and they swept the New Orleans Saints. Um, there's a reason why they're in the postseason. So anyway, that aside, everybody, when I say everybody, some of these folks on Twitter of late um, have taken to saying there's no way Todd Bowles comes back. And I and I would just say this about head coaches. I don't know, right? Like I've been surprised before, okay? And I don't believe, and I'm trying to think off the top of my head, I don't believe the Bucks under the Glazer family has ever fired a coach after one season. They've done it after a couple seasons, but not after one mm-hmm. season, I don't think. Um, and they have no trouble paying coaches not to coach. We know that, too, because John Gruden had like just done a three-year deal extension, and he got fired after uh, the 08 season. So anything is possible, right? But as far as like people coming after Bowles and thinking, well, there's no way... Like, a couple things. One, we don't have the whole story yet, right? Like, what if this team went on a run to the championship, maybe to the Super Bowl, maybe win it? Like, oh, well, if he wins it. Well, I don't know that that's the only stand. Now, there was a time, and I wrote this at the time, that if Tony Dungy didn't win a Super Bowl, he was definitely getting fired. And they already had a deal with Bill Parcells. So that I knew about, I wrote it, I told Tony about it, he put it in his book, all of that, and it happened. He lost to Philadelphia and he got fired, right? Um, I know of no such arrangement as I sit here now. Could there be a coach out there that would somehow trump a return of Todd Bowles? Absolutely. Like, we don't know who these people talk to. You know, the Glazers, as you've always said, Steve, they're big game hunters. Right, they they're always after the 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 best, the brightest. The mm-hmm. you know they want to win, and I and a lot of people criticize them for all the changes, including me. I think you need more than one or two years. I think if you just keep changing the coach, changing the quarterback, you're never going to win. But they wanted the guy that was going to help them get to a Super Bowl, and so if they thought if you weren't the guy after two or three years, they're like, look, if he's not the guy, let's get him out of here. Let's get somebody else. And they had no trouble paying coaches. They had time left on their salary on their uh, contract, so. Could that happen again? Sure, for the right guy. Tell me who it is. Is that Jim Harbaugh? Yeah, maybe. You know, like, and the other thing is, is is it Jim Harbaugh with Brady, a Michigan man? Is it is is it Jim Harbaugh with Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert? Like, who are we talking? Who's who's coming here to to coach which quarterback? Like, we don't have the answers to all of that yet. Um, but we do know this. Um, We've gone over all the reasons why even whether it's Byron or Todd or whatever, that the mitigating circumstances that any owner like the Glazers will have to look at. They'll have to look at the turnover in the offensive line. They'll have to look at that. They didn't expect Ali Marpet to retire. They weren't able to get Ryan Jensen in free agency. Or I'm sorry, not Ryan Jensen, who got hurt. Um, Alex Kappa, who went to Cincinnati. They lost three fifths of their offensive line and they lost Gronk who is really like another offensive lineman. The biggest miss, I've talked to some coaches, including Bruce Arians, said, you know what they miss Gronk the most? Run blocking. It's like, really? This guy's like the greatest tight end, the most touchdown? Nope. As great as he was, and he was great, and would still be doing those things in the passing game, what they really don't have, what what they couldn't approximate, was his run blocking. Right? And so Kate Otten might get there in a year or two, but he's not there now. There's nobody that can run block like him. So they, that's the offensive line. 
okay, and you say, well, you don't have a very good run game, less than 80 yards uh, in the season. Almost no teams go to the playoffs like that. Well, they miss, they miss their tight end. They miss their other offensive linemen. Um, so Gronk not playing was a big deal. And then you had, you know, lots of injuries. You had a Chris Godwin that came back off an ACL, torn MCL, pulled his hamstring week one. You had both tackles go out during the season. Donovan Smith's been playing with a hyperextended elbow all year long. Got it in the first game, missed a couple games. Tristan Wirfs missed three games with an ankle injury. And that's that's just the offense, right? And you've had a bunch of injuries on defense too. So do you make excuses and say, well, everybody's injured? Well, they are. You're right. There's injuries all across the league, and no one really cares. No, you know, no one's t- no one's cared that Kansas City had you know five new offensive linemen when when the Bucks beat them thirty-one to nine in the Super Bowl and chased Patrick Mahomes around for five hundred yards. I get it. No one cares, but it's still a fact. It's also a fact that, and we've written about this before. They hired Todd Bowles on March 30th, man, March 30th. And they told him, you're not allowed to hire any coaches. We're keeping everybody that we have on this staff. So Byron Leftwich is your offensive coordinator, whether you want him or not, right? And and since you don't have any defensive coordinators on this team, if you want to call it, go ahead. And he said, I think I better call it because I have no defensive coordinators that I've hired on this team. So he did that. So, you know, all those decisions were made for him. So in 10 months, after 10 months after doing this, right, hiring him late, as late as you did, um, you know, Brady coming back after 40 days retirement, walking out of camp, going through his personal issues, we know all that, you win a division. And after 10 months, there's a segment, a pretty large segment, it would appear, at least on social media, that is just done with Todd Bowles. Like, fire the guy. Fire him now. He's no coach. And, Steve, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he didn't win in New York. He had one winning season his first year there out of four. Um, And I don't know what else exactly, you know, except you can point to, well, what about the Cleveland game? Or, well, what about – Well, I think you you also went from a bigger-than-life personality in Bruce Arians to a more reserved one. That is a great point. And you went from an offense – that scored 31 points a game to an offense that scores 17 or 18. And people yeah. like offense. And you they have the greatest offense. quarterback of all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And whether Todd Bowles had much to do with that, I mean, we know he's calling and scheming and, and game planning the defense. How yeah. much is he really involved in the offense? None. I can tell you, none. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that he doesn't you know, make suggestions like, hey, let's run mm-hmm. more play action, or if we're good at this, let, like he can make those, cha- those not changes, but suggestions, right? Mm-hmm. But he's not in the meetings. He doesn't run the offense. He has completely turned that over to Byron and Tom. You know who else did that? Bruce Arians. The difference is, is that it was Bruce's offense. The difference is, is that Bruce could critique Tom Brady publicly, as he did, and people lost their minds and say, hey, you made a bad throw there. That's a bad read here, Right. I'm not, I don't know if Todd does that or not. I don't. You don't hear about it. Bruce would tell us, right? Bruce would tell the world, um, and so there's not that sort of like, you know, instant accountability that the fans would get. Um, but aside from that, I think you're right. And, and you and I were talking before the podcast, and you said, if this was Bruce Arians, if he had coached this team to this record and had won this division, would they even be saying anything? They would say he won the division. 
We got a home mm-hmm. playoff game. Mm-hmm. I think and we got and we have Tom Brady as the quarterback. We're we got a shot. That's all I think they'd say. I really do. They'd be like, "Well, I don't know what's wrong with the offense, but you know what? It's, it looked pretty good the last couple of weeks. I think we're coming around." You know, there'd be optimism, and the, and 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 this would all be a continuation of Todd Bowles, who came in here, didn't make it with Jameis, right? Uh, won seven games that year. The next year, got rid of Jameis, brought in Tom Super Bowl. The next year. You know, back in the playoffs, mm-hmm. home playoff game, won that, went to the divisional championship, fell behind, came back, should have forced overtime, lost to the Rams, might have gone to the Super Bowl. And then this year, back in the playoffs again, home playoff game. I think it would have just been one long, continue, continual success mm-hmm. story for Bruce Arians. Well, it would have been, although the other part of it is, is that you would have heard more criticism of the team publicly by him. By you know, him, You know, those yes. games that they stunk – he would yes. have been, he would have been saying they stunk. That's true. Where Todd Bowles does that's not his style. Not that's publicly. I'm not yeah, saying in true. the locker room he doesn't do that. I'm saying you know the fans the fans think a lot of times that a coach's job is to rant and rave and mm-hmm. and oh they at halftime they better go chew this team out. That's not what coaches do. Every once in a while they do that. You know, people people think coaches go in the locker room and you have a bad period, a bad quarter, a bad whatever, depending on the sport, whatever it is. Yeah. And oh, they're gonna they're gonna rip the the the, the paint's coming off the walls. That right. rarely happens. Well, you only have seventeen minutes, so yeah. if you're gonna they're if too you're busy gonna coaching. Rant, you're not gonna make yeah. any corrections. So. Yeah, they're too busy coaching. I mean, yeah. And and when you rant all the time, it loses its effectiveness. It tunes you out. Yep. It tunes you out. Mm-hmm. I mean, the players stop listening at that point. I mean, when it's warranted, fine. The Bucks did interest, something interesting. They had him mic'd up for, um, I believe it was the last game, the Carolina game. Um, might have been two games ago because it wasn't the Atlanta game, but it was the home game against Carolina. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who think he has no fire, I would encourage you to go listen to this tape because, believe me, he crawls up a few players' rear ends, and there are they have to bleep a lot of it out. And when you hear what he says and his and what his players say about how he criticizes them and what he says to them, it's not that guy that you think lacks fire. It's quite the opposite, okay? Um you may not see that demonstrably with arms flailing and and veins popping on the sidelines, but when you hear him mic'd up and you hear the players talk about him, his defensive players in particular, don't tell me there's no fire. First of all, no one makes it to the National Football League unless they're what? One of the greatest competitors in the world, right? You're the best in the world. You didn't get here because you had no fire. How the hell did you get here? If you didn't have a deep burning desire to win and succeed at the highest level, you realize how many people want to coach in the National Football League? He was a player that won Super Bowl. You know, with with the Washington Redskins, he's coached under Bill Parcells and, and he's played under Joe Gibbs. I mean, I, I just I find it funny to me that the armchair you know hero Twitter guy thinks that they know somebody, thinks that they know how they got here. How do you think they got here? Because they had no fire? Like, come on, man! Don't give me anything but that. Bring me something besides that. You don't like his record? Fine. You know that's fine. You don't like his. You don't like his post games? You think that's what wins games, talking to the media? That's okay. Fine. You know? But don't bring me not no fire. 
I, I just, it's amazing to me how many people think that these jobs are just handed to people, you know, that they're not earned. They're earned, folks. They really are. So that's our rant for the day for all you people um, who are still on Twitter. Before they play a playoff game now, before they even possibly beat the Dallas Cowboys, when we wake up Tuesday morning, Steve, and the Cowboys have lost, what are all the shows talking about? You mean when we're still recording this podcast Tuesday morning? <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> 2 a.m., yes. <laughs> that's exactly what I meant. What are we talking about? What is everybody else talking about? Hopefully a Tom Brady victory. Well, it, let's, I'm assuming. Let, let's say that the Bucks went, mm-hmm. however they went. And I really believe that we should have won more game. We were 12 and 5, and I don't know what happened. And we've lost first round in the playoffs two years in a row. What is everyone talking about? They'll be talking it's about two Dallas things. Cowboys. They'll be talking huh? about Mike McCarthy's job. Absolutely. They want to fire Mike McCarthy. They'll be talking about Dak Prescott. Sure. They don't like him either because he's probably throwing an interception or two. And they'll also talk about if this is Tom Brady's greatest playoff victory ever. With a team Correct. that went eight and nine. Correct. And yet he knocked off a team that won four more games than they had. That's correct. That's correct. Can you imagine how Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys will be being ripped to shreds and Dak Prescott ripped to shreds, right? For losing to the eight and nine and the forty five year old Tom Brady. And they'll want that coach completely fired. And you know, and they might even be giving a little bit of credit to Todd Bowles for like, hey man, how about those Buccaneers? How about Tom Brady? You're lousy. You're the worst team in the division. You're eight and nine, and you go and you do a twelve and five Dallas team. Oh my God, we thought the Cowboys were going to the playoff, going to the Super Bowl. Unbelievable. You don't never bet against Tom Brady or the Bucks. Like it's unbelievable. That's what everybody's going to be talking about. I don't know if they're going to win or not, but I, I assure you, that'll be the conversation on Tuesday if they do. And um, there's no way around that. And then the the matchup will be, are they going to Minnesota? Or, I'm sorry, are they going to Philadelphia if uh, all the the home teams win? Or if one of them lose, they could be going to Minnesota. They could be going to San Francisco. Or if both those guys lose. If they both lose, oh, by the way, you'll be talking about a home playoff game. Against the (laughs) Giants. Against the New York Giants. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, at 2 o'clock in the morning, me and you could be talking about, well, if you didn't like that home game, how about this one, right? And now what? Todd Bowles has brought you two home playoff games. You're not happy? Oh, that was Tom Brady. I mean, it's all one thing, man. It's all about, you know, getting in the tournament, surviving in advance, and this franchise has not been in this spot very often. And when they have been, um, the last few years, they've done really, really well. So I think the other part of Todd Bowles – is they didn't like the play call to end the Rams game last year. I think that's except, a great point. Except it they wasn't the play him. call that was bad. It was the execution. Right. I mean, we know Levante David blew the blew the coverage. He he was in no man's land. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, I have a story uh, coming on Levante David about that. And mm-hmm. Look, he probably shouldn't have been playing that day, to be quite honest with you. He had not played or practiced for three weeks before that. He mm-hmm. truly had a Liz Frank injury. I don't know what Lenny has. Um, but he was in a cast, okay, a cast for a week, then a boot for mm-hmm. two weeks. And he couldn't really push off. So he was trying to play his assignment as best he could 
And on that particular play, things were happening fast. Mm-hmm. Some guys got the zero cover zero. The one thing you'll say, you know, and if you go back and watch that play, they are one tick from planting Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. I mean, he takes it right in the face. And if they hit him and that ball's intercepted or he's sacked in that moment with no timeouts, et cetera, that game's over, okay? And do you want a coach that, you know, do you say, oh, well, look at him. He just played prevent, and they chipped it down the field, and they got a field goal. Why didn't you come after him? Why did you sit back in the zone and just play prevent? Todd Bowles was trying to win the game, mm-hmm. okay? He wanted to rip their head off. That's what he did. He dialed it up, and he said, we're coming after this dude. We know he has to throw it. We're not going to let him sit there and pat it. We're coming after him. And they did, and and not everybody got the call, and we know what happened, and the Bucks lost. But you're right. I think there's a lot of residual of that, like, well, that's the guy that blew the, the game against the Rams, you know? Except for, they never mentioned this part, by the way. The Bucks' offense was wretched that day. Mm-hmm. Wretched. That's why they fell behind so much, right? They had three points going into, like, the fourth quarter, okay? You know how they got back in the game? Oh, yeah. The defense came up with three turnovers in, like, three straight possessions, and they needed all of them. Nobody mentions that part, Right? That that aggressive defense, who was the coordinator? Oh, Todd Bowles, the guy that blew the game. It's not even it's not even in that predicament, in that situation, unless that defense performs the way they did. And and I'm pretty sure everybody liked the defense when they won the Super Bowl. I remember they took mm-hmm. the game away from New Orleans and Drew Brees. They also picked off Aaron Rodgers and built a big first half lead and sacked them five times. Like no one Seem to be mind that you know Patrick Mahomes got chased all over the field and only get, and they didn't give up a touchdown. All the same guy, mm-hmm. Todd Bowles. And I would say the defense this year has been pretty good. I think this is the only way they've won an eight game. I mean, think about mm-hmm. it. How do those four comebacks happen with Tom Brady if that defense gives it up? I mean, the defense has done a hell of a job. Well, how do you win a division averaging eighteen points a game? Exactly. If, exactly. If your defense didn't keep you in all those games, you can't win eight games averaging 18 points. You just can't. That's so hard to do. In today's NFL, come on. So, yeah, all that, it's all of that, and it's just food for thought. And, and again, don't confuse this with me saying they should keep Todd Bowles. I know they're going to keep Todd Bowles. Um, I'm just telling you that if, if you sit down and you're Jason Light and you're the Glazers can do whatever they want, and we don't know what they're doing because we have evidence that they were looking for coaches when they had Tony Dungy, and they fired John Gruden, and those guys won a lot of games here and went to a lot of playoffs and won one a Super Bowl, and they still were looking for guys. So, you know, we don't know what the Glazers have in mind, um, but I think they, they would have to consider all the things we've talked about on this podcast that, you know, there's there's a lot of things that happen during the course of a season, including the 45-year-old quarterback. This is the other thing. Everybody just assumes that no matter how old Tom Brady is, doesn't matter. He's still Tom Brady. And he is to an extent. But this has been a different year for him. 45 was different than 44 or 43. It just was. And we know all the reasons. And so, you know, that's all part of it too. Before we get into Ryan Jensen and some other stuff here, real quickly, uh, just want to remind you folks, if you want to save money on your electric bill, we've got the solution 
the solution for you. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years now. There's a lot of these fly-by-night companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. Here's what they do. Guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Three decades, man. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection. That's for all your appliances. That is what they call the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products and conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. That's important. All those guys up there working on that solar panels, those are Billy Mays guys. You know exactly who is doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long and preserve the quality of your life and that of your appliances. It's May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. All right, quickly as we wrap up, um, Ryan Jensen. I wrote a story about that in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. Check it out. It is sort of been a curious case. We know that we have found out absolutely nothing in terms of details about his knee injury, which cost him the regular season. He is on IR. He is in his 21-day practice window, which ends on the 18th, which I think is next Wednesday. Um, And he could be activated at any time. The more we ask about Ryan Jensen and just sort of where he is, um, really the less it seems likely he's going to play. We asked Todd Bowles again. He said, we'll see how where he is at the end of the week. He's coming along. He's practicing hard, so we'll see how he is. Well, he's got to pass some tests. So what does that mean? Um, well, for one, we do know this. He can't do have any contact because they're well past the point where you can have padded practices. So – the first contact he would have would come in an actual game. Um, to ask him to play 65 or 70 offensive snaps against the Cowboys, uh, and that would be his first bite of the apple. He he has been out. He has not played a, a football game since last January 23rd. Okay? That's in 10 days. That'll be one year since he's been in a football game of any kind. Okay? So it's not like Vita Vea. We talked about this, who had a broken leg and, played in the NFC championship game, you know, bones heal. And you could see that on x-rays, they heal completely. Even then they only played Vita 33 snaps. You can rotate defensive linemen. Typically you wouldn't rotate a center. Okay. So how can he go from ready to play a full game with no training camp, no preseason to playing a playoff game, which is full speed. And then Bulls said, well, you got to work on his movement first. You work on all the movement, then you progress to a point where you see where he is. He's not at that point yet. He's having some contact, but until you turn it up more and know exactly where he is, right now it's still in the stages of the beginning. So everything I have heard, everything I believe, is that Ryan Jensen won't be active this week. However, however, if we get to next Wednesday and that window is starting to uh, to close, in which case, if they don't activate him or put him on the 53, he's done for the year. Uh, if the Bucks win the game and there is a reason to, uh, you know, to put him on the 53, I think they will because I think they'll say, well, listen, we don't know how far we're going to go. And for the 53rd man on the, on the roster that, whose spot he's taken up, that guy isn't expected to play anyway. Um, we can carry him on the chance that in a week or two, maybe even in the Super Bowl, uh, if he comes back, we could get an injury. And Robert Hainsey is injured right now. He was he was limited uh, with that 
hamstring injury that, you know what, let's go ahead and protect ourselves with Ryan and and hope that, you know, if we need him, he, he's available to us down the road. So I don't think it costs them except the 53rd guy on the roster, whoever that might be. And I think they probably do add him to that um, if they're fortunate enough to win on Monday night. So all this is a long way of saying, and there's always a chance, folks. Don't don't think that, you know, if he runs out there on Monday night football and takes the first snap, will I be the biggest surprise guy in the stadium? No. I've seen this. I've seen this happen. Um, that's why I would never say never, but it, it certainly feels like and sounds like he's not going to be ready for this weekend anyway. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, Rick, it is Super Wild Card Weekend. I think that's the official name for it now. So, now, can we use that? Can we say that? Or is that trademark now already, too? <laughs> uh, it probably is. But uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, let's, yeah. Uh, we'll go through the AFC first. Saturday, Chargers at Jaguars. Chargers at Jaguars is an interesting game to me. I, I watched the Jaguars win that division. Um, you know, Tennessee, not very good, down to their third quarterback, all of that. I didn't see enough offense from the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it kind of disappointed me. I think Trevor Lawrence is taking a huge step. I think that team has. It'll be a great atmosphere in Jacksonville. Uh, it should be a, a, a nice day. It should be a pleasant day to play football. I think that the, the, the Los Angeles Chargers win that game for the reasons that they're just, you know, Justin Herbert's a better quarterback at this point. They should be more explosive. They don't have Mike Williams. Um, but I, I believe that uh, we're going to see the Chargers win that one. All right, on Sunday, you have the Dolphins at the Bills. Well, the Dolphins are down to their third quarterback. Um, the Bills have something well beyond just a great team. They've got momentum, they've got emotion on their side, and they're at home. And I think this is the end of the road for the Dolphins. And we'll see after that if Mike uh, McDaniel ends up you know, still coaching this team. There's been a lot of speculation about his future already. Tua Tungvaloa can't play. Uh, that's tragic for them, but uh, they're also starting a rookie quarterback, their third quarterback. So, um, yeah, the Bills get it done in in Buffalo. And yeah, hey, we're no one circles of wagons like the Buffalo Bills. And Sunday night, you got Ravens Bengals. Ravens Bengals. Uh, unfortunately, Lamar uh, Jackson is out, and uh, possibly, quite possibly, their backup quarterback as well. This has been a a story. Will be a story in the off season. He uh, put on his Twitter feed that uh, I think he has like a grade three. Grade PCL. two, borderline three. Yeah, a uh, lot of swelling. He says his knee is unstable, so he can't play. It really hurts him that he can't play. going to be an interesting offseason with this guy, man. They, you know, they, they need to sign him to an extension, and yet he's been hurt at some critical times throughout his career. So, yeah, um, I, I think that uh, – I think this is the end of the road for the Ravens this weekend. All right, then in the NFC, you got Seahawks Niners. This is an interesting game to me because I, I think it's always dangerous when you play 
in a playoff game a team that you've already seen in your division and see every year twice. And what I mean by that is um, the fear factor is gone, right? Look, San Francisco is a better team than Seattle. I've seen Seattle. They've done some nice things. Kenneth Walker's run the ball well. You know, um, I I just don't I don't think their defense is good enough, and I think that the 49ers' defense is extraordinary, and I think they'll stop Walker from running. It'll it'll be a tough game for for Seattle, especially going on the road uh, to you know to San Francisco's uh, Levi Stadium. So. I, I think the Niners win this one, and they'll be hosting a game next week too. All right, and Giants-Vikings. Here's my upset. Here's my upset. The Vikings are either going to win by two touchdowns or they're absolutely going to get destroyed. <laughs> I don't think there's any. Like, they're the most schizoid team in the NFL. Point differentials all wacko. Uh, the Giants are a physical team. They got a little bit of confidence. They got some swag. And I think you can go on the road. I mean, what we saw, what was the team that went on the road uh, late in the year and hung 33 in the first half, wound up losing. But um, I, I think the Giants are just not, I mean, the uh, Vikings are just not a confidence pick for me right now. I can't explain it. They, they may go all the way, but they're a tough team to quantify. And if there's going to be an upset, I think somebody goes into Minnesota, in this case the Giants, and I think they win. So that that's my upset of the week. All right. By the time we record another podcast, those games will be over, and we'll be awaiting we'll be the Cowboys the Bucks. Bucks. There you go. We'll give you a pick for that one. So, also the Lightning, um, they hung on. Uh, they had a pretty good lead, and then it was trying to get Steven Stamkos, who got his four hundred ninety ninth goal, try to get his five hundredth, and I think they forgot to play a little defense. They uh, hung on one five to four, had a five two lead in the third period. So had a five two um, lead with six minutes to go. Six minutes, yeah, and then all of a sudden it was a dogfight. And, I mean, Vassie made some outstanding saves at the very end. The save he made as the clock hit zero? Oh. Wow. Two two on O. Yeah, two on zero. And how he was able to to split his his legs and cover that much of the ice is Well, and he got it with the glove, too. It didn't just get it with the legs. I know. I know. That was incredible. I mean, Phil Esposito said it was one of the best saves he's ever seen. Well, and you consider what it did, right? It's probably saved the game or did save the game. They would have maybe gone into overtime. Well, but it would have been in overtime if they scored that. Yeah, saved a point for sure. So, yeah, it was outstanding. And, and it's unfortunate. I really thought Stamkos was going to at least maybe get a shot in an empty netter and get the 500th goal at home. I know they're going on the road. That's what he probably wanted to do. Um, but even he said, you know, we can't focus on that. we got to keep playing hockey. Um, but his teammates were really trying to get him the puck late in that game. I yeah. joked uh, in the radio booth when uh, he he so he got the he got the on the five on three he got the four ninety nine so they were still on a five on four power play right and I I, I asked Greg Linelli on the radio broadcast just off air I said how much do you think the fine is for anybody who shoots the puck that's not named Steven Stamkos <laughs> on this power play that's right that's right <laughs> they kept creatively trying to rotate oh, it back that's all they were there. looking for was get it to stand and he had really good looks at it too he, did. he really did he did but they were trying but vancouver also knew they were trying they to get knew, it to stand yeah, they were cheating over there yeah yeah and you know that's fine but you know and just because you're up three goals doesn't mean ah, that's all right we'll just give it to samcos now right no that became their focus and not trying to close out the game 
It almost bit them. I mean, really, point. really, the last two games, both these games at home, Columbus and this. I mean, some of the defensive effort for parts of the game was lacking. Yeah, and and the players weren't happy with it. Cooper wasn't happy with it. And got to get back to your structure. And you get on the road. You better. You you need to play better defense than that. Yeah, and this well, is the longest road home. trip of the year now. So they go to Saint. This is three time zones. Eight mm. days, five games. Every mm. game's a different start time, Eastern time. Oh, wow. So it's uh 8 o'clock start in St. Louis Saturday night, a 4 o'clock start Monday in Seattle. Then it's a... Martin King Day. Yeah, then it's a, I believe, I'm trying to remember the order. 10 o'clock start in Vancouver on Wednesday. 9 o'clock start in Edmonton on Thursday. Mm. And then a 3 o'clock start in Calgary on next Saturday. Wow. Yeah, that is a long road trip with a whole bunch of different sleep patterns there. Mm-hmm. Hard to follow. But, uh, yeah, as as Coop said, if you can get as many points as games played or more points than games played, no. you're doing good. So. You need six points out of the five games. So it's three wins go. or if you get a couple overtime losses, then. Yep. Then they'll be fine. Yep. And they're, uh, you know, that's nine in a row at home, I believe. That is correct. Yeah, so. Nice home streak that they got going. All right. Well, that's it uh, for tonight's podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Of course, we'll be back to uh, preview. We'll give you the results of the games over the weekend, but also preview the Bucks and the Cowboys with uh, from Valley Ranch. Ed Werder has vowed to be on the show. So hopefully I can nail him down. And, uh, yeah, we'll do all that Monday. In the meantime, thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 